everybody. Welcome to the New Market Alliance Church Podcast. For more information on the vision, programs, and news of our church, be sure to check us out at www.newmarketalliance.ca. We'd like to encourage you as well that no podcast, no matter how good, can substitute for the experience of joining together in person at a worship celebration. That's where God really meets people, often through the love and ministry of others. At NAC, we meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. Now let's join this week's teaching. Could I invite to the stage Liz Hunt? I want you to come on up here. So, um, Liz, tell us a bit about yourself and about your story, and uh, I'm going to pass you the mic. Um, so, as he mentioned, and as you might have seen because I was greeting, um, I'm Liz. I'm just about 18 years old, and I have made the decision to be baptized today. Um, now, some of you may recall that I was baptized in 2013, so today, instead of focusing on my overall testimony, I'm going to focus on why I'm doing this again. <coughs> so, to put it bluntly, my first baptism was untruthful. I had decided and known for a short while that I believed God did not exist. It wasn't an I don't know. I wholeheartedly believed that God wasn't real. I didn't want to disappoint my family or my church family, so I played the part. And when my older sister was being baptized and I was approached about it, I of course said yes, but knew that I was lying about it the whole time. When I was 14 years old, I accepted Jesus into my heart and declared him as Lord and Savior of my life. Um, but for a few years now, the fact that I declared a lie in front of everyone and the idea of rebaptism has weighed heavier on my heart than almost anything ever has. Um, when Jonathan first became the pastor here, which gives you an idea of how long I've been thinking about this, um, I asked him about it and his opinions, and I've had countless conversations with countless numbers of people to try and decide if this was the right decision for me. In the last four months or so, this has been all I've been able to think about. All my quiet time with God has led back to being baptized. Um, now, I've not enjoyed calling this a rebaptism because for me and my walk with God, this is it. This is my baptism. Um, it's not a redo, it's the do. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think realizing that was really important in me making this decision as well. Um, so as we just saw, um, about two weeks ago, Rock had our South Lake Regional Night. Um, and one of the speakers said something that caught my attention. And I decided to approach him afterwards and ask about it. And I ended up talking about how difficult this choice has been for me the last few years. And I believe that God spoke through him, telling me exactly what I needed to hear, which was something along the lines of, ultimately, this is between you and God. He knows your heart, and he's very obviously put this on your heart for a reason. And I believe that. I believe that God laid this on my heart, and he's been persistent in me doing this for a few years now, despite best efforts to just push it aside and ignore it. Um, so I need to trust that it's for a reason. So I'm here to be baptized, 
to be held accountable by all of you, and to declare how on fire for God I am. To close, I want to remind everyone who's being baptized with me and just everyone here that this is exciting. And I haven't stopped smiling or crying whenever I think or talk about this because I'm just so ecstatic. Um, it's a celebration for the kingdom of God, a party for Jesus, and that is all I've ever wanted to do with my life. So I would ask that you celebrate with all of us in this. Amen. Um, yeah, give it up. Um, recently, I don't know if you heard, uh, the rapper Lecrae got rebaptized in the Jordan River in Israel, and the internet, you know, freaked out. And um, I just believe, you know, this is not a, this is not a usual thing. This is not normative in the Christian experience. But um, Liz's explanation just resonated with me. I believe this is really the first public declaration of a changed heart, of a new life. And uh, I'm just so proud of you. And it is evident in your life, Liz, that this is really real to you. And so just very proud of you. Give it up for Liz. I want to invite uh, Caleb Garby to come up. He's... Uh, Youth leader, hockey player, part-time grocer. How you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. Tell us a little bit about your story, if you would. Uh, I just want to preface this by saying if I do any pauses, it's because my handwriting is so borderline illegible that I can't even read it. You might be a doctor, my friend, when you grow up. <laughs> Funny enough, I actually signed Hunter and Danita's wedding card on behalf of the Rock Leadership team, so that was cool. Oh, it is bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always grown up in a loving Christian home. I've gone to Christian summer camps and more recently winter retreats, and I've always been pretty grounded in my faith. Um, life has been pretty smooth sailing in terms of my faith until about like the spring of grade 10. And at this time, like, I've always been really fascinated with science, but at this time, it's sort of this science versus God debate um, began within my mind. So um, I still went to youth group whenever I, whenever I could, but I was always wondering, like, how could God and science coexist? And that caused me to question the rest of the parts of my faith that I had grown up believing. And uh, here's one of those parts where I get stuck because of the handwriting. So yes, I still went to youth group whenever I could and I gave insightful answers to deeper questions, but my heart definitely wasn't in it. Um, then in May last year, I was uh, cut from my rec hockey team that I had been, been on for close to 10 years and it was devastating. But that meant that I now had uh, Wednesdays perfectly free and it allowed me to start going to youth more. And then came along our rock apologetic series where we tackled the biggest problems of God that people have. And we focused on like whether or not God exists, the problem of God versus science, the problem of the, of the, the Christ myth, um, just to name a few. And I became obsessed with this topic. I became obsessed with apologetics to the point where it was all that was in my YouTube recommended page. And uh, God even used this, this fire inside of me to bring the good word to my non-Christian friends. Um, I would start having meaningful conversations about faith with them. And I've even brought a few to rock. But I wasn't stopping there. Uh, I became more involved with not just proving God's existence, but also furthering my faith, reading the Bible more and praying more. And um, 
until the rock leadership retreat in the summer, I just kept on going like this, complacent in my faith, so to speak. Baptism was still sort of on the back burner. Um, I'd had it in my head that as long as I had any inkling of sin in my life, I couldn't have a full relationship with Christ. But uh, at the retreat, we were on the subject of baptism, and uh, Glenn, as he always does, stared at me like, so we doing this? And um, rather than averting my gaze like I normally would, I just was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and um, it's because, okay, and so I did because the Lord helped me realize that this isn't a declaration of my perfectness or my sinlessness. It's my declaration to you guys and to God that I'm ready to lay my sin down at the cross and fully embrace the lovingness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, so we've been doing this Bell's Challenge, which is really how to be an evangelist, a non-annoying evangelist in your circle. And Caleb, I don't know if you believe this about yourself, but I just, from afar, I just see you as an evangelist among your circle. You have great influence among your non-Christian friends, and you are such a light and I'm just deeply proud of you. I, I just wonder if maybe uh, you just quickly tell us what baptism means to you, why, why you're doing it, what, 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 is the, what is the point? So baptism for me is sort of the final step towards the first step of mm -hmm. a full life of faith. So it's, again, my declaration, not of sinlessness or perfectness, but that I'm ready to lay it all down with God and have him be along the way with me the whole time and wow. say that this is what I believe, this is, this is who I am now. Couldn't have put it better myself. Caleb Garvey, everybody. Nice. I'd like to invite Catherine Ainsworth if she'd come. Uh, youth leader, students, daughter, seven part-time jobs. Here she comes. Catherine, tell us a bit about yourself and your story. Okay. So, uh, I grew up in a Christian family, um, and I attended a church called Cedarview for the majority of my life. Um, and all my life was centered around school and church, and that was kind of the routine. I believe God existed, but I didn't fully understand what a true relationship with God meant. Um, Eventually, I started placing my values in, in my appearance, acceptance, and approval, um, and I was consumed by these things. I wanted uh, control over my life and, and perfection in it, um, and so I lost sight of the love that God had for me, uh, and I had never really planted any roots in, in my church that I used to go to, so, so closing myself off was easy. Um, the path that I chose for myself was destructive mentally and physically. Uh, I had high anxiety and nerves. I developed an eating disorder. Uh, I call it a misorder of, of values. <laughs> My core principles brought me discontentment because they were never enough. Um, eventually, I was admitted to sick kids. Um, and a few months later, I was placed in a school called NMCLA. <laughs> NMCLA is just above NAC. Uh, it was there that I believed uh, being surrounded by people who were welcoming and so full of love 
and a passion for the Lord, um, and just being able to study God's word alongside them, that my relationship with, with uh, my body and food, but also my values begin to shift. Um, I was shown that Christ is enough, and a new direction, love, and purpose was placed in my life, and my faith began to grow. During this time, I knew that I wanted to find a youth group uh, that would be beneficial in my walk with the Lord, um, and Rock Youth is kind of where I landed. Uh, fast forward to now, in my third year of leadership at Rock, and values rooted and built up on a solid foundation and a love uh, on fire for the Lord. When I first attended Rock, um, I immediately felt welcomed um, and, and just a calling into leadership. Uh, I also, I had a love for music, so, so it only made sense for me to give the gift that God gave me back to him through worship. Um, when I first joined the team, uh, the leadership was being rebuilt, uh, but my relationship with the Lord was as well. So, so looking back now, I know I was called to be there not because I was ready to be a leader, but, but because I was ready to be part of a community again. Um, I also started to attend New Market Alliance Church, and ultimately, uh, it just it felt like home and, and family. Um, so yeah, I, I struggle all the time with my past mentality, but I know that my struggles brought me to a place where I'm learning and growing with others who surround, support, and encourage me. Now through prayer and, and friends, I'm seeing more and more how God is working in my life to bring me closer to him. So when the opportunity for baptism this time came, I felt a nudge from God and decided to act on it. Um, I'm entering a new season in my life and the next step in my spiritual journey. The Lord has been a home for my heart to heal and I'm fully committed and I want to say that I'm all in and I want to publicly declare that I follow the Lord and I'm committed to always pursuing my relationship with him. Amen. Amen. I didn't, I didn't know that very vulnerable part of your story. And so it's, it's brave for everybody to share, but that's especially brave, and, I, and thank you for that. Um, Catherine, you know, I know the kids upstairs, uh, not only during school when you attended an MCLA, and the, and the kids you serve on Sundays, they, they watch you and they look up to you. And I observe from afar and I, I see that you really are sold out. Catherine is the um, rock worship leader, and she has a heart for worship and has, is gifted in that way. I remember when we had our Good Friday prayer walk, um, not that I was taking attendance or tracking time, but Catherine spent three hours in here just connecting with God. And I was deeply touched by that, that a teenager spent three hours in prayer, and for her, she said it just flew by. And uh, maybe we could close by just telling us what, what the act of baptism means to you. So the act of baptism means to me, I guess, just publicly declaring um, my faith, again, that I'm all in, that, that um, I want to just be fully committed. Um, and yeah, just the next step in my new life. Amen, amen. So maybe even... Um, not that this gets you into heaven or anything like that, but maybe even that symbol of the old Catherine, and like you talked about, those old values would be 
dead and buried, and the new Catherine, born again in Jesus, would be um, alive in the same way that we share in his death and resurrection. Will you give it up for Catherine Ainsworth? Is, is Molly Langdon here? I haven't seen her yet today. Young Molly, come on up. You're the next contestant. <laughs> Molly is just 13, 12? 14. Almost 14, yes. yes. Tell us a bit of your story. Well, as you can see, I don't really have like a huge book or like a bunch of stuff. <laughs> oh, the mic's here now. Um, I just have this small point form note page. It's all right. <laughs> so as you can tell, I'm fairly new to this church, but for most of my life, I was in church. But again, I was like five, but never really understood anything what the pastor said. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, he's talking now. When can I go upstairs and play with horses? <laughs> I feel like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that was most of my church experience when I was younger, but when I was around nine or ten, I decided, like, no one really told me or made me do it, but I just kind of went, hey, maybe we should actually listen to the guy talking from the thing instead of ignore him completely, you know? <laughs> so I decided to do that, and my parents would help me by, like, talking about God and stuff around me, and eventually I just decided to accept Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Savior, because, hey, why not? <laughs> um, like, I don't have, like, a huge story to tell. I just have this, I guess. No. I don't have any inspirational words. I'm not really sure, but, like, before, um, if there was, like, issues or something in my life, I would never really know what to do. But now I could, like, pray to God for it, you know? And it helps bring a sense of peace instead of just like, uh, what am I doing? <laughs> so I decided to baptize myself today mainly because I feel like it's another part of my journey with God. You know, because, you know, I don't have a super duper long relationship with him yet. I haven't fully read the Bible. I know, scary. But I'm going to. Because I want to get closer with him instead of just having like, oh, yeah, God exists, but I don't really know him that well, you know. And, yeah, I feel like this will declare that I'm going to begin my journey with God and that I'll be reborn with him, Amen. you know. Amen. It's yeah. Bali, everybody. Um, Molly's been wanting to get baptized for a long time, and I keep putting it off, but she has stayed. This needs to happen. She is, she, God has obviously put this on your heart. And uh, I just want to encourage you and every other teen out there, like, um, the story doesn't need to be, you know, I sold crack to teenage <laughs> kids. At, um, your story is a simple one of faith, and Eugene Peterson talks about a long obedience in the same direction. And so may this be the beginning, Molly, of just a long obedience in the same direction towards God. Will you give it up for Molly, everybody? <laughs> Last person, my 
Spanish brother from another mother is Miguel Toro here. Here he is. Come on up. Now, Miguel's feeling a little nervous about this. He's hoping to get baptized without this piece, but you're very brave. English is the second language. Uh, did you feel up to this? You're a good man. Okay. Hi, everyone. Sorry about my mistakes. <laughs> um, I was born with cerebral palsy. Um, my body and my brain... My body and my brain came with some deformations. That was the first time I was being surprised by joy. The world that doctors and relatives were expecting for me was a world in which I probably wouldn't walk, thought, or talk properly. But that wasn't the world God created for me. And I felt the joy of God for the first time in my life. With a few surgeries and going to the doctor twice every six months, I grew up like any other child and learning to live. I heard about God and looking for more without my parents' permission. I started going to the church with my aunts. And I started reading the Bible in my aunt's houses, singing all the songs I could remember the lyrics, and sang at school, and I sang at home. And there for a second time, I was surprised by joy, the joy of God. But keep the faith was hard when you are 10 years old guy, and your family is not Christian. At that moment, I didn't seem to need God. Everything was going well. I gave up then, and I disappeared God of my, from my life. Coming to Canada remembered me the love, the happiness, and the peace God gives to his sons. Living with my cousins these eight months here in Canada, I got the freedom of going to the church and reading God's words as many times as one. I'm being surprised by joy one more time. I'm living in Canada in almost one month. I'll come back to my country, to my life, and now I want to keep God in me. And that's why I'm here today, and that's why I want to be baptized. And uh, that's it, thank Amen. you. Amen. Good job. Good job, buddy. Um, I'm so proud of Miguel. He's been He's biking to rock on Wednesday nights from all the way at Bathurst. And um, it's just, I got a chance to talk with him on Friday. This is sort of a last-minute decision. And he just, he loves Jesus. He just loves Jesus. And 
Uh, where's your cousins? Just uh, right. yeah, um, Catherine, Alex, and they, you know, Maria, and they Louise. have really <laughs> uh, mentored you well and discipled you well. And Miguel is going back to Colombia in yeah. about a month, yep. and he will not have the same Christian support that he has right now. And we're going to pray for your parents right now. They're on the fence about faith and um, probably are not super thrilled about the idea of you going to church or following Jesus. So more than ever, you're going to need Jesus in you and with you and advocating for you and praying for you. And so may this be the beginning of just a beautiful relationship. I think we need to pray for Miguel. God, uh, I pray, Lord, that this would be the beginning of a beautiful journey, a long obedience towards you, Lord. And as he goes back to Colombia without the same sort of Christian support, without the same church family that he's grown to love here, um, I pray that you would surround him not only with your angels and your protection, but also give him a new Colombian Christian family, I pray, that would love him and disciple him and, uh, and be his brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray that this would um, be the beginning of maybe even a call to ministry, a call to be an evangelist in Colombia, at very least among his circle. And so give him strength and courage, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give it up for Miguel. Oh, I mean, uh,